This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and ClearPay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN GameScoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me this week is Tina Amini. Hi, everybody. Sam Claiborne. Hey, everyone. And joining us this week, very special guest, Michael Swain. Swain Scoop. He, who you may recognize for, as an audience member in a Dave Chappelle special. I'm not sure which one. Oh, but you'll no. See him, you'll see him I in there. I wondered when that would come up. That's you'll true. see him in there. Uh, Are you, just... like, heavily featured? Like, you're being talked to? Oh, yeah, I'm one of the, no, not talked to, but I'm one of the big punchline happens and they smash to me to be like, that was very funny. See, this guy's (laughs) laughing. (laughs) I I have like a, I guess you would call it a a fear of Hmm. uh, being a person in the audience that the comedian talks to so much so that it actually affects where I sit. And it actually affects how much I poke the people next to me not to engage. <laughs> no, no, don't, don't. You got to sit way in the back. That's yeah. Don't key. say anything. But do you have the same role for magicians? Because I always mm. want a magician to pick. I would me. never go to total... a magician. No? Wow. <laughs> a magic show? Is that what you call them? Yeah. A magician show. show. You clearly are not into them. You don't know what they're called. <laughs> a wizard's gr- grimoire. So. <laughs> Well, we've got a great show for you this week. Uh, We're going to talk about what we've been playing, which for me is a a lot of of several little smaller games. I know the world is waiting to hear what I think about Godzilla versus Kong. We'll get to that (laughs) a little bit later on. But first, back in the news, back at it again is Cyberpunk, uh, CD Projekt Red, and The Witcher series. Apparently, CD Projekt plans to simultaneously develop future 
AAA Cyberpunk and Witcher games uh, starting in 2022. Got some details on how uh, they plan to do this. They're going to adjust the capabilities of CD Projekt's internal game engine to allow features like NPC routines and player character control to be adapted in multiple games at once. A quote from their CTO, whose name is unpronounceable, says, we want to be sure that we can work with two global brands at the same time while ensuring top quality of our products. But given the uh, quality that Cyberpunk 2077 arrived in, how much confidence do we have that they can develop future Cyberpunk and Witcher games simultaneously? So I think it's funny that if it weren't for hard-hitting uh uh, game scoops like the ones that we host. Mm -hmm. I know this is the only game podcast, so I, I would have said a podcast like us, but there aren't any. Mm -hmm. um, I would have totally assumed that they are always working on The Witcher and Cyberpunk at the same time because I assume that studios, you know, that's what they do, right? They have an A team, maybe another A team, maybe a B team and a C team. It's, just, it's unfathomable to me until we reported on it. That, you know, they're like, no, 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 we're, we're finishing Cyberpunk before we even think about The Witcher. Like, that's crazy to me. So, like, this just seems like the normal thing that they should be doing. And I'm happy mm -hmm. about it because I would really have liked a Witcher game in, in less than 11 years from now. But mm -hmm. I don't think this changed that. So the, the thing about CD Projekt Red, too, is they started off as a fairly medium-sized company and then rapidly grew um, including in the process of developing cyberpunk, like that we reported on a couple stories where they like exponentially vastly increase their hiring force. And so, yes, like some of the bigger studios, the ones that are known for pumping out AAA after AAA, um, that's how they function so that they can simultaneously be making those games. But actually it's far more functional and sustainable for the workers themselves too, because you have a lot of people who get contracted on for a project and then they get unceremoniously laid off when right. you ship your game. So it's like you get to that milestone, super exciting. You've shipped your game. You can put it on your resume. You're in the credits and then you're out of work. Mm -hmm. So when you have multiple projects running at once, you can like shift over your contract workers um, and your full-time employees so that you're not going through rounds of layoffs after layoffs because it's fairly you know, well known that the, the video game development industry uh, is, is pretty is pretty rough on occasion. So this system helps both for gamers because you get your games sooner, but also for, for the structure of their employees too. So hopefully it's all positive stuff. And like really any other industry, uh, that is a great point. It just brings to mind that they are balancing uh, aspects, you know, they're balancing business aspects and logistical aspects and not every developer is the same. They're different company cultures and different ways of working. Valve to Blizzard is very different, like structured very differently. So I agree that I wasn't, it's not mind blowing to think that a company's making two AAA games at a time. You really have to dig in case by case and look at CDPR's track record specifically. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and of course, Cyberpunk specifically. And I think it could be a bit of growing pains and a bit of over-messaging. We're seeing this game company really stretch for the stars and become AAA. And like, I'm sure they want to be AAA going forward for now and forever. So I think it's a bit of messaging around that. And sort of, uh, it reminds me of when Domino's Pizza really tried to get ahead of or be honest about and cultivate this feeling of, look, we're going to make our pizza better. And isn't it interesting that a corporation's willing to say, our pizza's not the best, maybe. So I do see CDPR doing something that I think will earn the goodwill of some gamers back, which is they're not trying to sweep it under the rug. Um, they're pretty open about cyberpunk didn't arrive in the state we thought it would, but it had to get out the gate at some point. And I'm personally one of the people who did 
get a PS5 early on and had a lot of fun with Cyberpunk, so I'm excited to see it still be developed, but I do think they have some things to answer for, and it's nice to hear them at least. If they're gonna develop two games at once that are of this size, I think we deserve some messaging around, how are you gonna do that? Is it gonna be different than last time, or are you just gonna plow ahead and try the same thing again, you know? Yeah, I think that was the point of some of the, because this was all coming out of an investor call. So, you know, we did a couple breakout news stories from that. Um, and one of the points was, like, there was the topic of conversation around multiplayer, and there was a lot of questions that weren't addressed there either. And I think, you know, they were treading carefully, both because they, you know, according to them, they didn't want to speak out of turn and accidentally hype people up based off of, like, cursory statements and rather have, like, assets speak for themselves. Um, but, yeah, point being, like, that's a that's a delicate balance to strike. Um, and I think that that's something that they seem to be having a self-reflective moment around. Are you all honest? Go ahead, Damon. I was going to make a dumb joke, so you should probably go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask if people are excited for the possibility of Cyberpunk multiplayer in some distant day in the future. I know they just announced it's delayed if it will exist uh, at all in the near future. But I do think there's something about the verticality of Night City and those Mantis Blades. It could be fun to see dozens of people jumping, all, double jumping all over Night City, slashing at each other. Maybe I'm. I wouldn't be the target audience for that, just because I don't. I don't play any <laughs> multiplayer games. But of course, something like GTA sure. Online is huge, and I could see you know something like that taking place in Night City for sure. What was interesting to me about, uh, and fully admitting that I haven't played a minute of it, but uh, what was interesting to me was was making an amazing location in Red Dead Two, and then adding content to it in the form of multiplayer. A lot of it, of it ended up being single player ish storylines, right? So there was more writing, there was more character interactions, things to do in that game that felt like Red Dead 2, and people love it. I mean, I think that's a really good use of something like Night City. Um, it's not for me. I, 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 there, I, there are ways to play that stuff in Red Dead uh, alone, which I'm still interested in, but like that would have had to come out like right at the tail end of me really caring about Red Dead 2, also. It, <laughs> it, it just took you know, it took a little while. Now this, like, if this is a six months or a year later, like, I, I doubt it would pull me back in. But seeing more Night City sounds great. Yeah, and like on the on the Rockstar note, um, I don't play a lot of the online games, but I love hearing about the community stories that come mm -hmm. out of them, like the really entertaining things of people who have spent time and like found like-minded individuals and start going and hunting for aliens together or mm -hmm. whatever it might be. So I like that it fosters that kind of engagement. And I do think that Night City has the capability for that. And on its role-playing, from the game's role-playing side, it certainly lends itself to that. And it could be cool to see, you know, what's this person's style? What's your build like? And what are those like PVP versus um, PVE engagements? Mm -hmm. uh, and both of them sound interesting. But yeah, I'm just from a personal perspective, like once I finish a game, then there's a bajillion others to go on to. I'm like, nope, I'm done with you. We're moving on now. Yeah. Unless you're Yakuza, I do That's, think. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> well, I just I do think it's interesting with how they said um, they're going to adjust the capabilities of its internal game engine to allow features like NPC routines and player character control to be adapted in multiple games at once, because um, Cyberpunk and The Witcher are so different, and one is first person and one is third person. So, like, I, the player control yeah. is very very different in in either one. Uh, yeah. But it, it's interesting to think you can tweak NPC behaviors in both games. But of course, maybe a, maybe a studio like Ubisoft has been doing that for years, yep, right? That's, Across that's all the, the comparison. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, you wonder if that's just a standard industry practice or like a trick of the trade that they're just mentioning that they're doing mm -hmm. because yeah. I always thought gaming, that's the benefit of gaming, right? Unlike uh, film or television, you don't have to gather new assets a lot of the time. You're just tweaking existing mm -hmm. assets and it gets better and better and better. And uh, just to tie it to the last thing we were talking about, that has created such an interesting uh, thing, I think, where it actually depends what time of a video game's life cycle it hits you what time of your life in meaning whether you have a slot to spend some time with that game or not uh that's such a diffuse thing now that used to be so much more crystallized uh it's just very interesting to me that for example tino was saying that you know or uh, the red dead redemption con sam was saying the red dead redemption content would have had to come at a certain time i feel that way about the cyberpunk content it's almost no matter what it is, I'll wait for the next round or whatever because I did my time in cyberpunk. But uh, I think everyone sort of has to reckon with where a game is at when they come to it and whether the game is up to par for them. And uh, hold that thought because I'll bring it up again when we get to what we've been playing. Oh, yeah, my gosh. It's funny, it's funny to think about... Um, uh, gameplay as, as something that's like this one was talking about, like we always hear about how Ubisoft is like, well, once you build a tree uh, for, you know, a, a downhill snowboarding game, you can probably put that tree in the snow level of your, you know, Assassin's Creed set in the snow game. Um, there, there's that, that I know Ubisoft has talked about using those games across huge development teams and across you know many, many places it's it's funny to think about the gameplay side of that and it's like well actually you know if i had to think about it like it kind of annoys me how mp npcs act kind of dumb and the same across all games from a generation and that's where i want to see innovation you know but uh even more than that uh when i went from playing red dead to assassin's creed I punched my horse in the face instead of riding it so many times <laughs> that like, I want even more, you know, acknowledgement yeah. of uh, button uh, configuration and stuff like that. And I'm going to flip this. I'm going to say that's not on game developers to all get together in some big, like a means jump cabal. Like that would be cool. <laughs> I think that'd be cool. But I think the problem here is controllers. And I think controllers are, uh, they have five, you know, four completely pointlessly lettered or numbered face buttons that have no orientation meaning or anything like that. And if we really thought about how we're controlling things in virtual space, our controllers would be more similar to that. And the, my evidence for that is triggers. Well, before we had triggers, the A button was your shoot button all the time. People don't make your A button shoot button anymore. You use the trigger because that's where your gun is, right? That, that, that's that actual gun trigger. So it's just interesting to me. I'm sure yeah. there's some like future where we all can play games in, in a more interesting way before we have needles in our brains and we control them with our minds. I don't mm -hmm. want to get that far. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess that's what the that's like the haptic answer. feedback and the triggers is about. Yes. Like if you're pulling in on an an um, on an arrow bow and an a bow and arrow, you feel the haptic feedback for like the resistance in the trigger, which actually I do not like. <laughs> and it breaks. I don't need realism in my controller. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm oh. big in it. Well, but it's like when you get to the point where you're playing a game where you're like, the thing I'm trying to do, I think it was Hitman. I don't know what was doing that. Where, where it was, now I played Hitman on Switch. But yeah. something I, I was like resisting the Switch over and over again. I was like, all right. <laughs> like all right, just trigger. at that point. Yeah, yeah. At that point, it was just like, I, I, that was a fun trick in, in you know, mm -hmm. in the PlayStation demo. Exactly, a gimmick. Uh, the other piece of uh, CD Projekt news this week is they confirmed the next-gen version of Witcher 3 will be coming in the second half of this year, which is also when um, the next-gen version of Cyberpunk is supposed to arrive. Uh, 
Tina, I know you played Witcher 3 on the Switch. Is that something? I sure did. Is that something you would want to check out to see how like how good it could actually look on next gen? So I've actually seen, and I haven't seen it on next gen yet. Obviously, um, I've seen it on current or on current gen, mm. on old current gen. Yeah. Um, and it looked significantly better, but I'm I'm just personally not the type of person who cares so so much about that. I like the ease and accessibility of the Switch, and so being able to carry a game, especially a an in depth RPG, to take little moments here and there to finish a side quest mm -hmm. um, really quickly was more valuable to me than consistently seeing it rendered really beautifully. But at the same time, I could also be in a form of Stockholm syndrome where I'm just so assimilated and comfortable with the graphics on Switch that I can't possibly know any better. Um, so I don't mind so much. And I'm, I also haven't finished it. So, and at some point I imagine I'll go back. So unless there's some sort of switch to Xbox Series X transfer, oh, which yeah. is not gonna happen in this lifetime, uh, I probably will stay on switch. <clears throat> that makes sense. I think I would like to um, check it out, see how, how pretty it could look on next gym. Uh, Red, can you go to my uh, one up? For a second, if Borba has been moved off GameScoop, he's going to be editing Next Gen Console Watch on Thursday. So we've got Red working behind the scenes. Sam, do you like my sassy Jayhawk back here? Yeah, I was going to ask about your Jayhawk. What's up with yeah. that? Uh, what's going on here? The Jayhawk is the mascot of the University of Kansas. And over the years, he's gone through different iterations. And this is a really, really old one. and I, oh. But it's one of my favorites because he's got these really long legs and he just looks so sassy. Gams well, up to here. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not from Kansas, but I my family so my family is relocated there and I go back there and they love the Jayhawks there and they and there's a there's a saying in Lawrence, Kansas, which is rock chalk Jayhawk. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I please don't write in and tell me what that means. I don't know what it means and I, I really don't care. But it's Three everywhere. things to throw at your enemies. <laughs> yeah. 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 They but chanted I'm, I'm, I'm they chanted at that. And I've heard it chanted. I've been like, oh, I'm going to go, you know, walk, walk down the street, get a burrito, go to the record store. And then, like, people are chanting that, like, you know, those three things are being murdered nearby. In the, in the Sounds like the end of midsummer to me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Game Scoop is brought to you by NordVPN. As Scoop Nation knows, your Omega Cops have been a little obsessed with a movie called Weekend at Bernie's lately. But as happens too often these days, it is difficult to find it streaming here in the U.S. That's where NordVPN comes in. With NordVPN, you can switch your virtual location to a more enlightened region where they appreciate the comic delights of Weekend at Bernie's. And it's not just for streaming movies and shows. Switching your virtual location can allow you to save money by purchasing flights, hotels, and subscriptions from other countries at a cheaper price. And you can do all this worry-free as NordVPN threat protection features protect you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. Best of all, NordVPN costs the price of a cup of coffee a month, and one account can be used on up to six devices. To get the best discount on your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash gamescoop. Our link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com slash gamescoop. One in five Americans has learned a new language on their bucket list, or life backlog, if you will. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Upgrade your personal skill set in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. 
Its tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. I have a trip to Mexico coming up, so I've been using Babbel to brush up on my Spanish. The courses are short and sweet, so I can do one whenever I have a few minutes to spare. And the words and phrases it teaches you are designed for practical, real-world use, like ordering at a restaurant or asking for directions. Babbel can even provide you feedback on your pronunciation with its speech recognition tech. And it's not just for Spanish. Babbel includes 14 different language courses, each backed by a 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for Scoop Nation. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, only for our listeners, at babbel.com gamescoop. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com gamescoop, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com gamescoop. Rules and restrictions may apply. Okay, moving on. We're in a uh, new month or in April, which means uh, PlayStation Plus and Games with Gold are being refreshed. And I, I, I didn't pull up the full list of games. There are two games that are of interest to me. Uh, over on PlayStation Plus, Oddworld Soulstorm is going to be included. And I think that's pretty cool because this is a brand new Oddworld game uh, that we're at, at launch is going to be part of PlayStation Plus. Um, I have a long history with the Oddworld series going all the way back to the original PlayStation. They sort of t- p- picked up the mantle of the cinematic puzzle platformer that games like uh, Out of This World and Flashback had. Um, so I'm a big fan of these games. Very cool to get the brand new one uh, at launch on PlayStation Plus. Anyone else a fan of, of Oddworld? Swain, you played these oh, games? Oh, yeah, huge. Uh, Heart of the Alien was the game mm. that first caused me to fall in love with, especially in that flashback art style. But with puzzle yeah. platformers, uh, a real favorite genre of mine. And I love weird stuff i love whatever the kid in the corner who's the one that the parent the teachers are like they're almost too creative they should stop doodling <laughs> so much i love the world of odd world and uh, yeah. munch's odyssey stranger's wrath i think they did a lot of good interesting things with the idea of an interactive toy over the course of the series and this one looks like it's back to the classic 2d abe is the hero roots puzzle yeah. platformer but it has been long enough i am ready for another one thoroughly ready very excited i have questions that one. Yep. yep yep are these aliens i mean yeah except not to themselves and it's not a world where humans exist <laughs> not to themselves know. i don't think you need to qualify that when i ask you questions about aliens um is uh, uh i don't like how the aesthetic of this game is like every character looks like rotten meat that's very unappealing to me <laughs> Do you not like that? A lot and of then, burping and farting as well. And I was mm-hmm. going to ask about the potty humor, so we got that out of the way. Yeah. And yeah. then, um, is there is everything is there's been some games that are full 3D, but mm-hmm. this one looks like it's set on a 2D uh, plane mm-hmm. with 3D graphics. But you, but is it like a Metroidvania? No, Can we well, skipped over least... to twenty questions already. <laughs> at least <laughs> the old ones uh, were level based. You're like, yeah. you got to move through each area and he's, he's, Abe is um, freeing his uh, fellow people that have been enslaved. Yeah. And he, uh, you have to get them all to the exit. That's, like a, that's already like a very old school type of gameplay. That, that's like, like the classic like Prince of Persia. Uh, he kind of moves yeah. like the classic Prince of Persia where you'll be like, okay, it's three steps to the edge. And then the long jump gets me all the way to that. So it's two long jumps and a short jump. Got it. Um, so it's, it's a lot of, up and down puzzles and inside also i guess is a much more recent example yeah but but yeah i think it's an underpopulated genre for sure 
this game doesn't look like it uses those Prince of Persia movement limiting rules. Those drive me absolutely bonkers. Oh, well, I just remember the, I just replayed in celebration of this coming out, uh, Abe's Odyssey, the original, and it definitely yeah, has a bit of like, that. you need to know how far he moves when he's ducked into a ball versus yeah. how far he long jumps. Mm -hmm. That's because of animation. Like they really yeah. wanted it to look good. And I totally understand that. I just hope we've gotten past that point with this. See, I hate this aesthetic, man. That's crazy. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> looks like Gollum. <laughs> I remember yeah. when this company was talking about doing like an epic, I think Abe was supposed to have a trilogy, Munch was going to have a trilogy, and The Stranger was going to have a trilogy. Uh, so I think they like, you know, lowered their expectations for themselves. And I'm just excited to see them focus all their energy back into one thing that's the core idea of the IP and join the new generation of consoles, mm -hmm. frankly. It seems like a fun game. I'll give it that. And I would try it now that it's basically free. It's gross, though. I'll give you that for sure. Okay, but in a fun way. Yeah. Uh, and then over on Games with Gold, Sam, hey, do you know do you know which game uh, I want to highlight on Games with Gold in the month of April? Uh, no. It's a game that we talk about that comes up every few episodes. Is your character have a hat? Um, I don't think so. <laughs> no, but it, this game is it's an old one, Hardcore Uprising. Oh, that game's so really if you, fun. Have <laughs> you never also, played this ten-year-old game? Yeah, like how would this have just gotten? I mean, this is basically a, a port. It's like a retro game at this point. I mean, oh yeah, I mean it was already a sort of in a retro style. It's a contra game in all, in you know in in all but name. But the reason we talk about this is that this is like um, this is like Castle Crashers is to brawlers. This is what uh, hardcore is to contra type shooters. It's like it yeah. actually has a meaningful gameplay loop and leveling and like it's just complicated yeah. and fun. And it draws you in really quickly. Like right after you play the first couple levels, you're like, okay, I got to do this again for this and this reason. And, and just a lot of it is complicated yeah. and interesting. It's great. Yeah. It, it seems pretty random, maybe, but also it's very cool. So uh, yeah. if you're into Damy games, check out Hardcore Uprising. <laughs> yeah, good one. And then another one was just announced today that people th thought was an April Fool's joke. Do you see um, Platinum announced Soul Cresta, which is... Was there April Fool's joke last year? Oh, maybe, really? Maybe only Sam would remember Terra Cresta. Yeah, I know Terra Cresta. Mid-80s uh, arcade shooter that's fairly obscure. And uh, last year, their April Fool's joke is, we're making a new a sequel to Terra Cresta called Soul Cresta. Well, but, uh, go ahead. Uh, so he's showing Moon Cresta, which I know the best. I guess Terra Cresta was a sequel. Those are very so. dull shooters. Yeah, and they're not, I, yeah, they're not the type of shooters. I don't really like shooters. Arcade shoot-ups until you get into the 90s, myself. Yeah. Um, but Platinum is making a sequel, Soul Cresta. They're, they're making their last year's April Fool's joke a reality. Huh. So, I mean, you know, I, I, would, I would definitely want to check out what Platinum I mean, this would looks do with cool. a shoot-em-up. Yeah. It, it I think complicated Terra Cresta, the original, its closest analog might be Xevious because you can shoot um, straight ahead in the air and you can also bomb the ground. It looks it's like just... you can link the ships up into a mega ship. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. something yeah. about adding to your ship. To, to give you a sense of why people liked Mooncresta when it came out, it's because it was in color. That's how simple it is. <laughs> it was like 85, uh, and I think Terracresta might have been 86. So Yeah. 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 Just it's, shooters from that era are so slow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really, really slow. Things really got more exciting to me when you kicked over into the '90s. Yeah, but you like you like Gradius, and that's clearly that's a yes, fast shooter that's game like an, and life force. A bit of an exception. Those, those are my favorite early ones. Maybe R-Type. Yeah, but I was playing those on NES at home. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
Let's share what we've been playing. Tina, cool. I believe you're still playing Yakuza. Still playing Yakuza, yeah. I'm trying to um, stretch it out as much as possible. And I've done this loop where I'll play and it's like midnight and I should probably go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And I do the, I have five more minutes myself and I'll find like this thing, like I should really go to the store and stock back up on alcohol because alcohol replenishes yeah. your, your, um, your mana, I guess. I forget. I don't know. I remember the name in the in Yakuza. Um, and then from there, I'll be like, oh, well, I should do one more thing because my bond level. And then, oh, after that, I got to do this mission. And I keep doing that until it's like 2 a.m. Um, so I, I'm trying to find ways of extending it as much as possible. Uh, and so far, like, I'm now at the point where I'm playing a lot of side quests and finding all of it incredibly charming. Hmm. Um, and there's, uh, like, for instance, like, even how you go about doing things like you can um what was i wrote a note down for it oh yeah you can like flirt you can go and flirt with girls in the game by like building bouquets and you can either you can kind of like build your own strategy in terms of how you're approaching it like do you grow the flowers and then have uh the bartender that you talk to uh build a bouquet for them or do you just go spend your money and buy them so it's just so many different options (laughs) and ways that integrate with like it's it's i fully have a system of habits now mm-hmm. in the game. And so I'll, I'll do like my, my first check-in and then my main mission and then I, my reserved side quest and then my activities on boosting everything. So it's just like, I have a, I have a sort of set workflow environment mm-hmm. to my day and I have a set workflow environment to my Yakuza as well. Mm-hmm. That, that, that is where I have arrived with Yakuza like a dragon several weeks <laughs> into this thing. <laughs> The more I hear about it, the more I think it's right up my alley. Yeah, Sam, are you, are, you, are, you still, are you still playing Yakuza? I am playing Yakuza, but I was away from my... Uh, I'm playing on a PC, which is mm-hmm. the least portable thing I own. Um, but I, I started Hollow Knight on Switch because of, I was away. And uh, I've never played it. We uh, just put up our list of top 10 Metroidvanias. It was the only one I hadn't played on that list. Mm-hmm. Did it win? Oh, sorry. Got, I was it, just number one. I think yes. Hollow Knight got number one. Yes, yeah. so it was number one too. Great. So yeah, I was deserved. like, you know, and and just before, don't write in because we didn't include Metroids or Castlevanias. Or Castlevanias. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. It was the top ten Metroids that Metroidvanias <laughs> that aren't Metroids or Castlevanias. Yeah. So uh, it, it was. Uh, so I, I'm I'm way you know I'm. I don't know, six or seven hours into it now, which is a lot for those games, but I don't feel like I've made a whole lot of progress. It seems very big. Uh, that game uh, is difficult. It has difficult platforming parts, which are optional, which I really like, mm-hmm. and I'm just getting good at those. And then it has this like upgrade system, which is equipable things that give you basically powers, but you can't equip them all at once, that I love. That's the type of thing I get so obsessed with. Mm-hmm. It's like, do you want... For me, okay... Maybe you guys can all uh, 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 relate to this. I love it in games when you can equip something that picks up all the bullshit around you for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A magnet, of course. Yeah. 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 So it's like there's coins everywhere after I kill something. And so I don't have to run into every damn corner. All the coins just go whap and just hit me. <laughs> that's what I like. So I don't have like a power up like that, which you think like, well, that's not going to help you kill all these bugs. Um, but it's so convenient. Um and you might have space for it, but I always keep it on. Or like there's there's these things that augment your map that I like keeping on because that game is about uncovering maps, which is what Metroidvanias are about. So I like I really like right now that I'm kind of like a a weak little hornet guy girl. I don't know what you are in that game, 
And, uh, but I, I have like all of this great, great uh, mapping ability and I'm just having a blast exploring. And I don't know what the heck I'm doing. I don't, I don't, my next step, I like, I went to sleep last night knowing like, like go replaying in my head, like where the hell was I supposed to go next? Cause nobody's mm-hmm. telling you where to go. Hmm. Now that game's a little spooky, gross. Does that bother you it, at all in the same way the odd world does? There's some world, gross moments. Like, have you gone down into the sewer area yet? No, I don't think everything seems like a sewer area. First of all, I just figured <laughs> the whole world. Was, I mean, they're <laughs> bugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're bugs. The only thing I've seen is that, you know, uh, if you're squeamish about, you know, I guess bugs themselves, everything's a bug in that game, but they're like, so stylized. Like everything just looks like a little mask sure. with legs. Like I, nothing seemed gross yet. So I guess I haven't gotten into the, the shit as it were. Hmm. <laughs> Swim, how about you? Well, uh, speaking of support long after a game's initial release and satisfying haptic feedback on your triggers, I fell deeply in love with No Man's Sky since last we spoke, which I played for exactly three hours when it first came out. And like a lot of people, I think, felt uh, like, yes, this universe, I can explore the universe, but everywhere I turn, it's just this hollow devoid planet of sameness that feels like this isn't ready for me to look at yet well i forgot about the game entirely for several years and just got into it uh you know a couple weeks back and now i've put i think 40 hours into it and uh i really can't stress enough and this is a story that i'm not the first to uh you know relate but everyone's right who is saying man they really made it their beeswax to come back around and put that game together. It opens up to a degree that really belies the aesthetic, which I think is sort of, um, because I was looking through, I was looking at Elite Dangerous and uh, EVE Online and things like that, things to pair with my Oculus. I really wanted a Star Trek sim. And ultimately, very unexpected for me, the one I arrived at being the most robustly satisfying is No Man's Sky. Because based on the cartoony aesthetic, I thought it would be a little simplified. And at this point in the development, it's really not. Once it opens up, there are so many systems and just ways to upgrade your ships and manage a separate fleet of ships and manage and link all these bases and your power grid. Uh, Man, if you like a bunch of to-do lists and the feeling of... Uh, the trigger battling you as you fly through an ion storm. Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying it. Now, did the four hours you played four years ago actually matter? Like, did you pick up where you left off? Uh, no, I, well, I don't know why I'm this type of person, but even though there's very light story in that game, I saw the old save and was like, no, 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 and deleted mm-hmm. it and mm-hmm. uh, burned some sage and started a new character because it's <laughs> well, got to be from scratch for me. Like this is inspiring for the you know the fifth time somebody's told me this exact thing. As you mentioned, sure. it, it's people are experiencing this. I love No Man's Sky and I loved it to death when it came out. I won't tell the same story over and over again, but I already loved it. So I, I can't wait to play it again, actually. I want to, but I also want to get credit for everything I've done so far, and I'm worried that I won't. Hmm. We'll see. E- even in, I've only been playing it for about two weeks, but there's <clears throat> already been several updates that have changed notable gameplay mechanic aspects. <laughs> yeah, so I wonder great. if if you're actually very familiar with how it used to be, I bet some stuff is different now when you log oh. in. I mean, it's yeah. a completely different game. I'm just wondering if, like, you know, like, I, I, I you know, there's, like, an ultimate goal to get towards the center of the, the right. galaxy, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I don't know. I spent a long time doing that. 
So I like, don't even know if that's I, the goal anymore because yeah, that's not really yeah, exactly. where my story is leading. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on. And I'll tell you what, whatever story you experience, there was a lot less of that. <laughs> yeah. There's quite a bit now, more than you'd think. Or well, more than I, thought, I, more well, than I expected. Sam knew. Sam knew before we all knew. But yeah, yeah no man. That's interesting. Yeah, great stuff. Okay. I've been playing a few games. Uh, I checked out Narita Boy which yeah. uh, IGN reviewed this week, and I think uh, Mitchell gave it a six. And on paper, that should be a super gamey game. It's a um, cinematic platformer with really great p- pixel art and a great soundtrack. But man, they hit you right off the bat with so much text, so much lore that they're just start trying to like shove down your throat. And they have their own names for the enemies and for their god and for the land. And they're like just t- dumping all this backstory on you all at once in the beginning and it made me really uh miss uh games like out of this world and um the eternal castle that do a lot of that storytelling without any text or dialogues it was right. just it was like too much i was like eh, eh. no i don't even want to deal with all that and i checked out undermine which is uh, i played it on game pass and that's a dungeon crawling roguelike game where you go down to a mine and uh try to uh, you mine for gold Try to avoid enemies and make it as deep as you can before you're killed, and then you lose half your gold. Start over again, and I, I actually got enough gold to buy a, a permanent a- upgrade. I believe it's permanent. And Sam, it is the magnet that'll make uh, the gold nice. come to me, so I don't have to run around and collect everything. Yes, it's cute. It's I cute. Liked Undermine. You liked it? It's cute. It's not like you know they can't all be Spelunky or mm-hmm. Dead Cells or Rogue Legacy, so it's not on that level. It doesn't really, you know, I, I had enough fun with it for a couple nights i don't really feel like compelled to like oh i gotta go on just one more run tonight you know it doesn't really have enough you know to to keep me around i don't think but what i do like the most is dungeons and puzzles which is out on switch today and that's another little uh dungeon crawling puzzle game it looks like this if you can see this just a tiny little pixel art each uh, level keep on taking words from other games and mixing them up and putting them out as your own game i won't accept this you gotta, you gotta tell that to the developer of Dungeons and Puzzles. Each, <laughs> each little room is its own puzzle. You have to, um, when you kill all the monsters, the door will open. But it's a, it's a type of puzzle game. I think it's called like Sabukan, Sobukan, where your character won't, when you move him in a direction, he doesn't stop until he runs into anything. Oh God! So that's, that's the puzzle. Terrifying. Figure out, figure out the route you need to go to kill the enemies and still be able to make it to the exit. Afterwards. Yeah. Ooh, that stresses me out just thinking about it. It's, it's like totally those cute. little puzzles that you have to slide, and there's one open box, and you have to yeah. make the picture. Mm-hmm. It's I like Quirk. So much. It's like Quirk the Cool Tomato. Yes, it is like Quirk. Hey, um, uh, what was your experience with Hollow Knight, Damon? We've talked about it before. I don't like the art style. That's it. Style so you, you can't get me, past yeah. art style. Yeah. Um, it yeah. has uh, some interesting elements uh, where uh, it has like the Dark Souls thing, where if you die you lose all of your whatever money is in that game and you're a little ghost in the room that you got to and so if you get back to that room and kill your ghost with two hits then you get your stuff back but um boy can you get screwed if you're exploring with that that type of system right because like you're you're getting all this awesome stuff for going in a high level area and you can just drop it there so i I do like that part of it that came out of um souls or or some some i think roguelikes even have stuff like that those Mm. Um, I know I'm in the minority about Hollow Knight. Let's check in with the listeners. Hi. Listeners. Listeners, remember you can always reach us <laughs> at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Jared B. in Kansas City did. 
Rock Jeremy chalk, says, Oh, I know. You only say that for Lawrence, right? Yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe he likes Mizzou. Uh, wow. <laughs> with, wow. Returnal, with Returnal right around the corner and looking fantastic, I've been going back to some older housemark developed games, and it's made me appreciate just how great their pedigree is. Nex Machina and Rezogun are both fantastic games, and this week I've also been playing some Alienation as well, as well and having a blast. I genuinely want Returnal to be a smash hit and find Housemark a studio I'm rooting for to succeed. They're a bit of an underdog and really had to reinvent themselves a bit with the development of Returnal. Seems like uh, this game could potentially put them on the map for a lot of gamers. My question for the panel is, what studio in the world of games do you find yourself constantly rooting for? Has the studio done anything recently that's changed your perception of them, either positively or negatively? We'd love to hear what studios come to mind for each of you. So we've had kind of a similar conversation on Scoop before, and I've mentioned um, like Remedy is as one of my favorite developers who just consistently comes up with some wacky horror type of um, really creative, narrative-driven games. And Control being uh, one of the latest examples just kind of reaffirms them as that for me. But to give a different answer, um, I haven't mentioned Telltale before because they don't exist anymore. So I guess recent news would indicate that, you know, obviously it's gone down a negative direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but for a while in their like Walking Dead heyday, and then I never got to play do- too deep into Tales of the Borderland, uh, Borderlands, but a bunch of people um, whose opinions I really respect have said that it gets only better from, Mm -hmm. from the first season, um, from the first few episodes that I had played. So they're one studio that like consistently were doing really interesting things. And I think you could criticize the gameplay quite a bit just because it's fairly rote after a point of time. And and it was pretty glitchy in areas too, kind of comedically. So, but I thought that they did really interesting things with character building, with taking worlds from existing IPs and and making them interesting in an interactive way. So I was really rooting for them. So RIP to old school telltale. Yeah. What, I mean, they've sort of been revived, but what, in in, in what sense? So that someone just like bought the name and and it's going to make telltale style games. Yeah, exactly. And they did bring on some former devs, but a lot of the other like creative leads have also gone on elsewhere mm-hmm. too. So we'll see how they do. But I, and like whether or not they carry on a similar ethos, a similar style, because you can have people at the top just completely kind of change the direction of a studio too. So remains mm-hmm. to be seen. Yeah. Interesting company because long before they had um, their success with Walking Dead, they've been around for a long time and they made a Homestar mm-hmm. Runner game series that mm-hmm. was like really good. Um, yeah, they have a storied past for yeah. sure. Uh, and also I would say play that, but you know that. Well, yeah, 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 for sure. Man, it's, been a, it's been a while. Uh, they should be I due know. for a new game too. Uh, yeah. Swaim, how about you? Well, uh, Tina brings up Remedy and Play Dead. I think two developers who have a very specific style and you're like, that game's by that developer. That makes sense. I think I am going to go the opposite tactic and just gush about Devolver Digital who are the wild card grab bag of game developers, obviously slash publishers because they acquire a lot of stuff. But I am just continually delighted, uh, tickled by their choices. They have that air of like Adult Swim about them that was exciting to me when Adult Swim was first uh, taking shape back in the Space Ghost days, uh, Mm. where they feel, dare I say it, Damon, dangerous. (laughs) Like they feel like the... uh, I don't know, the edgy or the liquid television if you're 
as old as me, uh, ah, yes. of, of game developers where they're willing to try uh, weird outside-the-box things, take a chance on small ideas that really deserve a shot and don't require that much funding. And, like, I love this indie sort of grindhouse vibe that Devolver has. Uh, and then an honorable mention to Double Fine because they're actually my favorite. But I think yeah. Devolver needs, uh, needs the buzz more. Double Fine's more of an institution at this point. I have a bit of rant on this. Are we ready for it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, please. Yeah, so I think like saying like like sticking. I've been burned so many times, and I'll get into this. But like I think like saying you know what what studio or developer do you follow? It's a little bit risky. It's kind kind of like saying like do you like Capitol Records? Like like no, I don't. I don't (laughs) like Capitol Records. I think they they put out as much as they can to make money. And so then you can go, you know, that like that's on a publisher level, and then you can go down to like this like next level of like these giant developers that I can't name a person in their organization that's responsible for something. Like I don't like that. I like to like put an artist with an accomplishment or a small team like a band mm-hmm. with an accomplishment, uh, or else I, I definitely don't trust them. And here's where I got burned. Uh, I felt really strongly that Rare was my favorite company. Uh, mm-hmm. until clearly what happened with Rare, uh, what happened. Uh, Retro is similar. Retro mm-hmm. made Metroid Prime and two, uh, 1 and 2 uh, and 3, and then, uh, you know, what happened to them, like, made Donkey Kong games forever after that. Uh, I don't I don't like that, and I know the reason why that happens. It's because the, the main people that were really great that worked in those games, the actual people that made them, go on to work on other things. So the, that actual label name is not doesn't do it for me so right now we live in these eras in which there's like maybe uh, a couple of people people out there like remedy where it's like that's a tight-knit team that had a vision they get to make their vision and work on those games i have nothing but respect for that i think double fine is another good example of that but once these these games that i really love get really big I don't really think it's the develop, you know, it's like a developer that's responsible for that. I think it's like it's kind of a flash in the pan, a little bit of magic for that team to come up for, together and make that project. Mm-hmm. Kind of relate back to what we were talking about earlier, CD Project and, and Witcher. Like you know, ten years from now, when we have a CD, when we have a Cyberpunk and a Witcher game being worked on simultaneously, uh, who knows if they'll be good? Like I, I don't, I have no faith that that CD Projekt Red can make great games forever. Like that does, that has no logic to it. They they have made great games and they might not in the future because that's how these things work. And you can lose so much talent so quickly. So I like to say, follow people, learn mm-hmm. people's names. You know, like figure out who you like and what they're working on, and and follow them on Twitter and like see what they're working on next and see where they go, see what kind of artists you like. Um, it's just that that would be my recommendation for people to to find enjoyment out of things. People do that with Hideo Kojima, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Like there 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 are big uh, examples of people that are like that. But look for, look for smaller ones. Tim Schafer was actually a, a, a name that people knew early on, even though he was indie. And uh, I'm breaking my own rule now. I'm just using this example. It's not a person that I'd follow. But if you liked Katamari Damacy, that guy's making Katamari Damacy games all the time. <laughs> Like he's he just made uh, Nobu Nobu Boy uh, after that, and then whatever the Watam, Watam. Uh, the, mm-hmm. yeah, those are crazy cool games that like are made by like an auteur base basically, and I think that's like a really interesting way to approach games, and I think that's the healthiest way to approach it. I don't I don't want these big corporation games to be what we rant and rave about. I want us to give credit to people, and I want that to be more possible. 
That's true, but counterpoint, mm -hmm. a lot of games are made by a big group of people. And for instance, um, one of my early like visiting San Francisco, like you know, young reporter Tina um, moments and memories that I remember is like I loved Dead Space, which reminds me that I should add Visceral to the list of another like RIP uh, oh, developer yeah. um, that that I consistently was rooting for as well. Um, but I, I met one of the developers by chance uh, while in San Francisco visiting for a preview event. And I was raving about, oh, I, oh, you worked on Dead Space 2. Like, I love Dead Space 2. And I, I mentioned the most random specific thing about how you're back on the Ishimura and, like, you can tell that it's just a different environment, a ship that you used to have familiarity with. And there's tarp all over different places to indicate that it's like an abandoned ship. And I remember thinking... Like, wow, the textures, and at this day and age, it's got to not be very impressive. But mm -hmm. at the time, the textures were really interesting. Like, and I thought that they added a really, like, not to use an overused word in, 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 the, meet, in the games press around this stuff, but it added a really visceral quality to walking through the Ishimura mm -hmm. and feeling like as this tarp was kind of, like, flowing around me, um, I could almost feel it. Uh, in its existence. And turns out he was a texture artist on the game. So like mm -hmm. he, that was such a specific moment where he was like, Oh my God, thank you for appreciating yeah. some tiny little detail mm -hmm. that I spent hours working on that nobody else would have really appreciated because those big celeb figures get a lot of the credit. It's kind of like in, in the Hollywood world too, with directors, like there's still a lot of people that put a lot of heart and work into it that contribute to some of mm -hmm. maybe your favorite elements and you'd never know. Mm -hmm. I was going to say digital eclipse. They are the team behind the Mega Man Legacy Collection, the SNK 40th Anniversary Collection, the That's Street special. Fighter 30th Anniversary Collection. They're just like, they do the best work at repackaging older games uh, in, in, in meaningful uh, you know, ways that, that allows you to experience those games again in, 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 very, in ways that makes them more friendly to play today with like rewind uh, features and save slates. And they also uh, allow you to learn about the game because they often include a lot of like uh, additional material and scanned old posters and flyers and all that stuff. They just do, they're the best ones oh, yeah. out there working at that sort of thing today. So anytime I hear that they're working on something new, I, I'm definitely like interested in it. That's really cool. Good call. Yeah. I also like Thanks. Annapurna Interactive because I'm very sophisticated. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you have to say that. I mean, they're an yeah, art cool. house. An art, yeah. an art house film house that opened up a game studio, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. They made that donut game. Surprisingly <clears> reliable <throat> so far, honestly. Hmm. Um, okay. Lots of included. Did anyone else watch Godzilla vs. Kong? Not oh, yet. no, not yet. I watched Shazam. Shazam's pretty good. It's all right. It's so bad. It's, I mean, what year are we recording know. this podcast? Shazam <laughs> <laughs> is pretty good. Do, does anyone plan to watch Godzilla vs. Kong? Yeah, I'll oh, watch yes. it. Oh, definitely. Mm -hmm. Very much so. I liked it. I soft liked it. I didn't love it. Um, but I do see a lot of people are enjoying it, and that makes me happy because I think that's just that's just good good news for the future of Godzilla. Mm -hmm. um, it, I, you know, I don't, I, we don't need to spend a lot of time so, on this. So, what I, you're saying is Kong doesn't kill Godzilla. <laughs> Well, no, that doesn't happen. Sorry. I don't know why you think that's happened. Um, I will say, you know, the director said this ahead of time. There is a clear winner in this fact. And the director said there would be, and there is. Um, <laughs> the Predator. It's, it's more of a Kong movie than it is a Godzilla movie. You yeah. spend a lot of time with Kong, and Godzilla's, you, know, you, you don't get any alone time with Godzilla. Um, mm -hmm. so you, have, you don't really know a lot about what his sort of like motivations are. 
I think how the he's presented here is a little bit contradictory to how he's been, um, how his character was established in previous films. Um, you know, again, without spoilers, that it, it that that didn't quite click for me. This isn't my best, my favorite representation of Godzilla in the modern movies. I actually liked the tone of the original Godzilla 2014. I liked it. It was a serious movie. It took Godzilla seriously. It actually it tried to show what it would actually be like if this awesome creature, awesome in the literal sense of the word, comes you know emerges from the ocean and you do you don't even have the words to describe how incredible and amazing and, and freakishly scary this thing is what it would actually be like for the people on the ground that's like what that movie achieved um it has a lot of problems with the movie too which are totally valid but i like that tone of the original movie but then all the sequels after that have leaned more into campy b-movie fare which is fine godzilla that's what most of Godzilla's legacy is about too, but I'd love to get a sequel that that um, avoided the problems of the first one. Like had a you know didn't try to fool people with Brian Cranston's involvement and had a, had a you know a, a, a main human character that you actually gave a crap about, but then also kept that that sort of serious tone. This one you know it's fun. They're, the fights are good, especially the last fight. The last fight in Hong Kong uh, is really really good, really well choreographed. It almost makes the whole thing worth it. But then they also hint about, and we can talk about this more when people have seen it. They they hint about some things that are really cool, but then they don't go anywhere. Uh huh. So, yeah, I like the uh, Kong set in the seventies. I thought that was really cool. That's, and yeah, I, was, I had I had hopes for this, but this is just contemporary, and it's it's takes place after Godzilla. Huh? Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it. I liked it. Other people are like it more than me. Is San Francisco um, okay? We don't visit San Francisco in this movie. I don't think. I don't know if they had enough time to rebuild or not. So all my stuff's okay. Yeah, you're going to be okay. <laughs> okay. And that brings us to video game 20 questions. Our suggestion this week comes from Mr. Know-It-All. Can you guys, can you beat Mr. Know-It-All at his own mind game? Yeah, Michael, I don't know if you've been here for a while, but we've attracted a sort of super villain that's been trying oh. to outdo us. So. You have to trick him into saying his name backwards, right? And then uh, there's all different ones. The some, of them, oh, okay. some of them just wear a mask, but they're just a regular old guy under it. Uh, Let me other ask you ones this. are legit scary. If there were no humans around, would they be an alien? <laughs> <laughs> Not to themselves. <laughs> Who says that? It's dependent on the planet they're on. <laughs> Our cat <Okay>. aliens. <laughs> Let the questioning begin. Well, speaking of, is this set on Earth? Yes. You know what we don't know is if we are cats to cats, because I'm pretty sure we are. Hmm. Um, yeah, they say we're big cats. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they have anything else to measure. They're like, well, I eat small cats all day, and I'm scared of big cats. That's what cats' mind thought process is, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. I'm um, sure. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, is this Seth set on Earth in the 20... Uh, hmm. Is this game is this game on Switch? I'm just going for it. No. <laughs> I'm gonna steal the one it sounded like you were gonna ask. Is this set in a in the modern era, contemporary era? I was gonna go there. Yes. Uh. <laughs> I'm gonna guess you is play it part a of human a... without asking. Um is it part of a series? Yes. <laughs> mm. Uh is this uh um is this game do you shoot firearms in this game? I'm sorry? Do you shoot firearms in this game? 
Uh, oh, sorry. I was thinking of like a firearm. Uh, no. <laughs> Which, to be fair, is a thing. Goal so. to fire. Yeah. Do you shoot guns? No. That's five. Contemporary. Do you, do you steal lives? Do you kill things that were once thriving and make them still? <laughs> yes. Okay. Good, good game. Sounds like a good game. Killing, killing it's a swingy game. game. <laughs> <laughs> it's a swingy game. Uh, so is it exclusive to um, a platform or rather a publisher? Whoa. I see. Wait, well, because I meant like a, a first party platform in case. Is it, is it an exclusive? I'll, I'll do it that way, the normal way. <laughs> no, it's not. Okay. Because um, I was going to say, if it's a platform, it could be PS4 and it's only on PS4. It's not on PS2 anyway. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Clarifications. Yeah. Um, is this it, an open world game? No. By nature, no. But we have no idea what era it's from, right? We just know it takes place on modern day Earth. We haven't determined like the publishing era now. Like it could be Pac-Man. Good way to go. And Damon can know, be no more about us than Pac-Man. Is, mm-hmm. Does Pac? I don't think you can determine when Pac-Man <laughs> takes place. I don't think well, there's I'm enough information. I've, I've done some interviewing of the creator of Pac-Man. You'd be surprised at how much detail is up in that. Um, all right. Uh, is this game? Um, did this? Is this game from uh, 2000 onwards? No. Well, that kind of resets my expectations. I'm thinking yeah. Pac-Man. <laughs> you don't wield firearms, however. You do kill things. Is uh, it a platformer? Is it a platformer? I was th- yeah. Um, no. That's Ted. Mm-hmm. Did this come out in arcades? Yes. I don't know. Is it me- melee combat involved? Mm-hmm. Melee. Um, it sounds mm, like you eat things. Can I just say, I'll say in my mind, melee combat includes fists, swords, okay. knives, anything you're holding, including your yep. fists. Yeah, like okay. close quarters then combat. The answer is... Including... Yeah. Yes. Okay, close quarters combat. That's fair. I'm t- Pit Fighter comes to mind. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it includes brawlers and fighting games. <laughs> fighting games, so we can we can eliminate uh, some brawlers. of those by saying, uh, is this a com- competitive multiplayer game? It can be. Hmm. Oh, is this a fighting game? No. Yeah, that would have been like an enthusiastic yes for the previous. That's true. Session. I probably should have divined that from his response. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, that's, that's the oh, 20 uh, questions trick. Here. It, it, hmm. it's a, it can be a competitive fighting game. That means... Uh, no. You, no, it, no, it can be a competitive game. It can be multiplayer competitive, or competitive, but that doesn't mean mm-hmm. it's, you know, side... Like the primary, so, yeah, because if it was the primary thing... It's not said a yes. fighting game, per se. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you do so it's brawl a, in it. Or you engage in close quarters combat. Yeah. I'm thinking it's like a racing fighting game like Road Rash. Or um and then and then all or you just punch people on the side of a motorcycle in that game, or one of those games. Yeah. And or or contemporary Earth might throw this off. But like a game like Mario Brothers, where it's like, you know, not Super Mario Brothers, well, you just said Mario no platformer. Brothers. 
but Mario Brothers. Just because of that Sorry, weird, you don't have to compete. You can you can work together to beat the level, or you can just mess with each other. But like, technically, wouldn't like full throttle also work? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I'm thinking it's like a racing game. Well, I don't I don't know what full throttle I, is really. Point click adventure game. Speaking of Tim Schafer. Okay. Are there vehicles in this game that you engage yeah. with? Yeah. Yeah. There are yes, there are vehicles that you oh, engage with. That might be too vague. That you engage with. That's fifteen. I don't want to use another oh, question, boy. but I want to ask: Are you? Do you race? <laughs> and you? What? What? I mean, I think it's like Final Fight or something, where you like you beat each other up, or Double Dragon. It's one are of those there, games you can kill each other in them, like River City Ransom. I think you can. Are there like? Do you like jump in a car at a point, or a motorcycle or something? Helicopter. Do you vehicles? jump? Do you jump? No. no, I'm not asking oh, you, Damon. Oh, I think yeah, it yeah. might be worth asking. You don't answer. Yeah, you jump on a car and you beat a car. <laughs> you up. shut up, Damon. You shut up. Uh, I think it might be worth asking. Do you ride a motorcycle? Because that. Well, no, there's no. Because we already this, got we have like five questions. I think this is a brawler, where you can punch out car windows, okay. like the end of Final Fights stuff. I think okay. it's a brawler. Is there... But he answered so... no to the question: Is this a fighting game? So you're just saying, yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Brawler is different. Okay. Hmm? Is this a brawler? No. Okay. Is this primarily a racing game? No. We got like two questions now. Mm-hmm. Sports. Yeah, got, what, three? Two questions and a guess. Two. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, there's sports games where you can do melee combat, like Base Wars. That doesn't take place in contemporary Earth. You're robots in that. Can we recap what we know about this game? Yeah, contemporary Earth, not an exclusive, part of a series before 2000. Not a fighter there or platformer or a brawler. Or a racing game. It's There's arcade close game. quarters combat. It's an arcade game. But no shooting. Um, mm-hmm. And then there was another. Oh, it has a competitive multiplayer mode, but that's not its primary, probably not its primary function. And you kill in it. You certainly do. Which that. would be, I mean, he answered definitively. It can't, so it can't I feel like arm, I can't be about boxing. Yeah, exactly. You actually kill the other the opponent. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Maybe it's because I would say then it'd be like Super Smash TV or something like that, or Smash TV. I mean, um, but but that has shooties in it. Yeah. I don't know. We have two questions. Mm-hmm. So do we want to go narrowing? Um, the platform or narrowing the genre or a very identifying feature. <laughs> yeah. The, the most ideal thing would be the very identifying feature, but I think what, what I could use more than anything else is if this is, uh, uh, from like before 1986. Do Go it. for it. Maybe then I got one. Maybe 1988. I'm trying to think. Yeah. Is this from before 1987? No. Okay. I want to ask, and I know that he you hates can't this ask question. Anymore. This is the guess, right? Oh, no. We have <laughs> no, we got, we got one, more. one more. But I well, want to ask you if it's okay to ask. Would you rather ask him oh, his yeah. license? I was going to ask if you're depicted realistically versus because we haven't figured out cartoon or realistic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not... Not if it's photorealistic, but uh, he hates this question. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's 1989 or whatever. How realistic is it going to be? 
Ex- yeah, exactly. Well, between then and 2000. But I would I call guess. Road Rash realistic versus, you know what I mean, Bubsy. What are games re- where you can kind of beat each other up, beat other people up? But That's also jump life, in a car, man. maybe. I know, I know. <laughs> but but also possibly jump in a car and then also possibly do a different mode where you compete with somebody. But it's not open world. And it's not a race. See, I think or it can shooter, be- a racer, or a brawler. I think the compete or a platformer. <laughs> yeah. Could be that it's just because you get a higher score than the other person, but that would point me back to Brawler again. And that's what's confusing to me. I mean, we saw puzzle games. Um, but do you kill other people in puzzle games? This is just so strange. <laughs> uh, we didn't ask it for a shooter, but I feel like it's not. You don't shoot guns in it, but oh, that's right. But you could shoot, you I know, you lasers, could shoot energy blasts. You could, shoot you could fire out of your arms. Yeah. <laughs> now we're back to Street Fighter. What are we missing, Damon? You are missing something. <laughs> we're <laughs> missing a lot, I bet. And I doubt the "Have we mentioned this yet?" would do anything. Yeah. I don't feel like we have mentioned it. I don't know. Like, oh, is there a chance that it's a, would a wrestling game be a brawler? Yeah, but you don't suck the life force out of other people. And that's, I guess that's true too. <laughs> Only if you invite people to watch it. Um, it like, Wait, what? when did we confirm that? Potentially? Michael said, Michael asked if you actually kill other things in this game. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And plus probably like competitive aspect to that <clears> game is more primary. I don't know. Do any other games exist? Does Mutant League like Sports fulfill all the categories of everything that we've discussed? I, I don't think that's an arcade game. Right? Mm. Uh. Yeah, go, go into your arcade mind palace, Sam. Well, I, I need a little bit more yearage for this. If it's so, arcade, I'm well, we not going to We help. have one question. Then why don't you ask another time question? You can narrow the yep. year band. And then we'll just because make a haphazard guess. Because we're missing something. Well, for sure. Oh, yeah. But we only game. have the one question, so. I mean, like, just think about all the times you guys have sat next to your friends and did something in an arcade. It, it's not. Fighting games, it, shooting right? games. There's just not that many of them. Racing games. That's it. And, and actually, in Yakuza, they have Sega clubs, and you can walk in and you can play Sega games yeah. just so that, you know. That's so Virtua cool. Fighter and. Some other stuff. A Jedi Shooting. game, lightsaber. What about combat? what about like music games like Guitar Hero? Oh. T- yeah, but those are DR. predominantly I would love it if you murdered your opponent at the end of Guitar Hero. That would be amazing. <laughs> I keep forgetting about that. And DDR, also, you stamp, yeah. stamp their corpse. <laughs> Dance on their grave as the yeah. bonus round. Yeah. Well, double tap. You know, you got to get it. You got to get a clean kill. And then in shooting games, when you're shooting at each other, around each other, it's never, I mean, it's competitive for score still. So we just had a light gun game, though. That's why that, this throws me off. But it's also before the 2000s. So, like, you know, dig into California Extreme oh, Mind Palace. Are mode. we completely overlooking RPG possibly? It's an arcade game. Oh, it's an arcade. Yeah, I keep forgetting that. I was just th- trying to think of sword heavy interactions. Damon, have you ever seen this game at California Extreme? Um, I've only been to California Extreme one time. Oh, boy. So do you really want me to answer that? No. Take it back. 
<laughs> what did you figure out already? That it's after 1989? That it's 1989 or it's, later? It's between 1987 and 2000. In January 2000. All right. I don't know. Is, is, we can just ask the license question and make a guess. Go for it. Or, or if it's a shooter. I just don't, we don't have the genre or. It, it can't you know. be a shooter. We went through, it's not a shooter. It's probably, what we know it definitely isn't. Not a shooter, not a platformer, not a racer, not a brawler. What else? It could be a shooter, just you don't shoot guns. Like one of those crazy, like, you know. Uh, there's like crossbow and stuff like that. All right. Next time we're mm. asking if it's a shooter or has elements of a shooter. We're, we're, we're officially than, changing that question. Do you shoot yeah. guns in it? Yeah. Do you yeah, shoot sure. guns? Yeah. We got to evolve that question. <laughs> um, how about but this? Also, I feel like Damon would have thrown us, a, you know, a little tip on that one. Okay. So I feel like it's not a shooter. Does this game use traditional joystick button controls? Yes. So, it is so that eliminates arcade every game. all the types of. We didn't like, need to ask all that crap. Game. It's an arcade <laughs> game. That's where we should have started. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we we do know that it's an arcade game. Yeah. But I, that actually obviated a bunch of the other answers. <laughs> but it won't me. be like those like late Area Fifty One style games or anything like that. It's not going to be a driving game because those all have steering wheels. Is there a puzzle game where you competitively work? There's a competitive mode and you kill things. <laughs> Like bust, I mean, there was that. Um, like bust, there was that. Well, bust a move. Do you crush your component with the bubbles that drop on them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Technically, do they die? <laughs> what was the f- um, the fire truck game that we oh, yeah. played? But Why? is that like technically a racing? It's called fire truck. Yeah, yeah exactly. But yeah. is that technically a racing game? I guess it was technically competitive because you could tell the person behind you to, to honk the honk the horn or not. Uh, yeah, it was yeah. just like a get to the end of the level. It's co op. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, is there is there a sporting game maybe like track? Oh, we have, we have no more questions. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just thinking like I'm imagining game. myself oh, at the arcade doing this and on screen fighting someone, and I can't think of any game that is not a fighting game or a brawler or yeah, you know, a side scrolling shooter that you actually a game where you kill people. What about it? But not with guns, <clears throat> not with shooting, and well, not with melee. Wait, yeah. did he say there was melee? Yeah, and yes. it's not. Yes, and it's not a brawler. But it's not a brawler or a fighter. Yeah, fighting game. So what could that possibly be? Anything like a side-scrolling action, like a you know hack and slash Ninja mm-hmm. Gaiden type game. But I'm trying to think of what would have been in the arcade. And it's not between a between ninety and two thousand. It's insane. This game must not exist. <laughs> It's going to be the most obvious thing by the end of this. Is this going to be an obvious one, Damon? Well, he said you're missing something. I don't, it seemed like it was so a then, yeah. when he said that. <laughs> okay. Your, your one hint, you know, I said you're missing something. Your one hint is that you forgot about the meta game of 20 questions. Okay. So, there, so, we, so whatever we guess is going to be correct. What was the antic? You just not have to believe in yourself. Yeah, we have to believe. Okay. Yeah, because because before it was we asked. He said yes to every question. Yeah. What was last week's that I wasn't on? Oh, they've started submitting cheat cheat yeah. prompts. I see. Well, They're jerks, is what you're telling me. <laughs> yeah. Well, like mine, mine two weeks ago. Was, well, no, no, no. Two weeks ago became 
Was one Yakuza or was one, that just the like you'll answer why? yes every time? Has he said no to every single question? Yeah. I think uh, that might be the answer. That might be what's going on here. That's what I was thinking. Did he say no? Yeah. No, because we asked, is it an arcade yeah, game? Arcade and he game said game. Yes. yes. Maybe he said yes, no, yes, no. I have no idea. I think the, Who remembers that the, far the, back? Well, the metagame is also, yeah, like somebody wrote in and asked us about like Yakuza Like a Dragon. And yeah. then also a recent one was, you know, a light gun game. So I was like, they'll never do another light gun game. So I think people are aware of stuff like mm. that. 20 questions. Well, what was last week's? Nobody remembers. Damon, what Mark, was last week's? Mark Medina was on. Yeah. I can look it up real fast. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it'll help, though. But we got it. Um, yeah, let's just say we got it. I agree. <laughs> that's no, I that's this week's antic. It's, <laughs> oh, oh you were referring to last week. Okay. What would the meta game of 20 questions be? Well, that's what we're trying to find out. Every every um it's it's been a different antic oh, every yeah. week in a genreless, row, like yeah, the game is that guy that blows around all wacky by the side of the road at Carlisle. <laughs> like that doesn't count. <laughs> Not a video when game? is the answer to 20 questions going to be 20 questions? Yeah, mm. it's 20 questions itself. Yeah. yeah. Tina, last That's week great. was Ring Fit Adventure. Mm. Was there an antic behind it? It had a weird peripheral that it used. We also talked about it in that episode. Uh, okay, oh. should I reveal the answer? Wait, he uh, said he t- we talked about it. Uh, oh, no, that's that what happened. Last week. Like last week we talked I know, about it. but maybe this week we also talked about the 20 questions. Anyway, yes, just reveal it. <laughs> okay, Mr. Know-It-All. Uh, sent in the suggestion in honor of the release of Godzilla vs. Kong. Rampage. Rampage. World Tour. Of course. Rampage World Tour. Do you play as a human? You didn't ask that. We didn't ask that. And, <laughs> but you do. Oh my gosh. It's not technically a brawler. A, yeah, oh. it works. It totally works. My mind is blown. <laughs> it's a uniquely genreless weird I orphan mean, game probably just an action game if you're gonna yeah put it somewhere hmm. uh 1997 came four different developers uh the arcade version was made by refuge incorporated which is apparently still around the playstation version was midway the sega saturn and pc versions was point of view which is no longer a business um the nintendo 64 version was done by sapphire no longer in business and then check this out the game boy version was digital eclipse <laughs> nice. oh, wow. I definitely great. spent Tell- hours at the Wonderland Arcade doing this competitively against my <laughs> friends, so I'm ashamed. It's a totally legitimate answer. <laughs> yeah, I played it on 64 a lot. Yeah, I played it on PlayStation. Well, thank you for the suggestion, wow. Mr. Know-It-All. You Mr. have Know-It-All. stumped you really our do. panel this week. Uh, listeners, uh, viewers, if you have your own suggestions for 20 questions, you can email them to me. They only they are seen by my eyes only at, at gamescoop at ign.com. A lot of people have. Uh, Is this like a situation in. where Mister Know It All also wrote you that the hostages would die or something if we didn't get the answer? <laughs> are you just trying to like lower the pressure? Um, I will yeah, not divert the train if you can answer this twenty <laughs> questions. Um, and that's all the scoops that we have for you this week. Thank you to Tina. Thank you, Swain, for joining us. Thank you, Sam. Thank you to Red working behind the scenes to make this show possible. Uh, my name is Damon. This is IGN GameScoop, and we're out. I have to wave in front of my face now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not up here. Paparazzi all over Austin. <laughs> <laughs>
Refreshing. Yeah. That was right on the mic. Ham's the beer refreshing. <laughs> have you had a have you had a hams recently? They're very bad. Not recently. No. Is that a beer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, with two M's. It's it's three PM over there, Sam. So. Oh no, I'm not having a beer. I'm having a mango flavored Soleil. Oh yeah, it's this way. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be amazing if you pounded three or four beers without comment during the episode. <laughs> Honestly, the design of comment. the label looks like a beer yeah. Label. That's true. Yeah, no, no, not if you keep going off cam like that. Yeah, I'll totally you keep on like, sipping, sipping over sounds. Here. Yeah. Can <laughs> we mention the game already? Does he wear a hat? <laughs> Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.